0: You guys can be seated this morning. Well, good morning. Isn't God just absolutely incredible? What an encounter. What a what an amazing, amazing worship experience this morning. Just Thank you so much for worshiping with us. Thank you so much just for, for just connecting to the heart of God this morning, because He wants to do so many things in you. He wants to do so many things through you. He wants to do so many things in this church. He wants to do so many things through this church. And it starts it, it's got to start with us having a genuine connection with Him. It's got to start by us having that genuine relationship, that genuine connection. I'm not talking about a weekly church service. I'm talking about a genuine connection. I'm talking about something that you really connect with God and you know Him. You just don't know about Him. You don't just know the things that He can do and the things that He will do, but you know Him. I know a lot of people who can do a lot of neat things, but that doesn't mean I know them personally. I know that Michael Jordan was an amazing basketball player, but I don't know him. I can't call him up on the phone. I know that there are Olympians that are doing incredible feats of strength and speed and skill, but I don't know them personally. I can know about God. And know about his feats, know about how amazing he is, but never know him if I don't continue to connect with him and get to know him through spending time with him in environments like we had today during our our singing, our praise and worship and our music, but also every day in our lives, getting to know who God is and just how awesome that he truly is. Then I begin to have that connection with him where I understand not just who you are, not just what you can do, but I understand you on a personal level. Let me tell you, folks, we're going to talk about hope today. We're going to talk about faith, and we're going to talk about the difference between faith and need, and we're going to talk about all of those things. But absolutely, anything that is shared here, anything that is done here, unless you take this and you do something with it, it's just going to be another Sunday. It's going to be another Sunday service where you walk in, oh, that was good, and you walk out. I I don't have time in my life anymore to just say, oh, that was good, and walk out unchanged. Hello, somebody. I I don't have time for that. Uh, The the time uh, is drawing near for us to be about the Father's business. The time is drawing near for you and I to be busy being the hands and feet of Jesus to a world that's hurting and dying and looking for hope. We don't have time to come in here and to just go, oh, that was good. Or, oh, that was a nice service. We need to take what God is speaking to you right now in this moment. During the time where you're worshiping him, where you're connecting with him. During the time where you're hearing the message and you're hearing it conveyed. And you're hearing it preached. You're hearing it taught. And it's time for us to take a hold of it and to apply it to our lives and do something with it. Because otherwise, what are we doing? Are we just coming to church just to simply make ourselves feel better? Are we really wanting God to change us from the inside out? Are we really wanting to get to know who he is on that personal level? So I'm going to challenge you, before we even get in the message today, this is all for free right here. Before you walk out of this place today, I want you to commit with me to make the decision that I'm going to take this word, I'm going to take my encounter with God through the worship, through the message, through everything that's said and done here today, I'm going to take that and I'm going to do something with it. Because we can say amen and we can nod our heads and we can clap and we can shout all day long and walk out unchanged and still burdened with the same burdens. You know that? I think too many times we do that. I'm talking to myself too. I think too many times we do that. It's time for us to really grab a hold of what God has to say to us today. Because... He's wanting to speak to you today. Are you listening? Are you listening? This is not not just about something that I've prepared that I'm going to share. This is about God wanting to speak to your heart today through his word. This is about him wanting to deepen and strengthen the connection that he has with you. And say, I want to be real to you. I don't want to be a God that's just all about a, a book full of stories or something that you have always done since you were a little kid because you're just supposed to come to church and that's what you're supposed to do. I want to be real to you. That's the God I serve, folks. Amen? So if you've got your Bible, go ahead and turn over to Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Hebrews 11 and 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things that are not seen. Now, I know we've heard this verse a lot, but, but I want you to see the correlation here between faith and hope. The Bible says now faith is the substance of things hoped for. I was always brought up to say it like this, that, that faith is now. Faith is, is right now. Amen. Thank you for that one. Faith is now. That's when faith is. It's not going to be tomorrow. It's now. It wasn't yesterday. It's not something that's historical and something that we can reference and talk about in the past. No, faith is now. Now, right now. Somebody say right now. Right. Slap somebody and say right now. Come on, say right now. Faith is the substance of things that are hoped for, but it's the evidence of things that are not seen. Whoa, that sounds really crazy to me. Now faith is the substance. Substance of things hoped for, and it's the evidence of things not seen. You see, here's what faith does. It gives substance to things that we cannot see, or here's another way of saying it, and you can write this down. It it's, gives substance to the things we cannot see or the things that have not yet materialized in, in our lives. The things that haven't yet like physically materialized. We may not have physical evidence of it here, but yet there's evidence of it. Faith gives that evidence, that substance to it. It makes it reality. In other words, my current reality may say one thing, but God may be saying something else and me trusting in that is faith because he's already done everything that he's going to do. You crazy? No, maybe a little. I said, he's, he's, he's already done everything he's going to do. He's already put it in his word. He's already said it. Who's job is it then to realize it's our job? You know, Jesus is not going to die on the cross again to forgive somebody of sin. You know that? It's just our job by faith to receive it. Right? You you know, God has already made, he wants to be your joy. There's no more joy that he's going to actually create or make. You know, it's already there. You and I just have to walk in it and realize it and have faith. The peace of God, he's already given us the Holy Spirit to be our comforter and, and, and... it's not something that's, that's going to happen. It's already happened. It's just our job to trust in Him by faith and receive it. You see, now faith, it gives a substance to things that we cannot see, the things that have not materialized in our lives. But see, the thing is that normally, if I don't see it, that means I don't have it. That, that's normally what we would say. And if I can't see it, then that means I don't really have it, and I'm a liar, and I'm just kind of, you know, making this stuff up. Oh, one of the best stories that i have in my in my bag i'm pulling this one out today my son whenever he was in kindergarten at in arkansas he went to a little christian school there and they had show and tell every friday and it just got ridiculous having to come up with something every friday to bring to show and tell you know and you hope he brings it back you know all this stuff you give your kid well josiah he goes to school without anything that day and his teacher told us what happened. She said, I've been teaching kindergarten for 20 years, and I've never seen anything like this happen. My son walks up in front of the class for show and tell, and he holds his hands out like this. And he said, you guys like my robot? And he said, my robot's red. It's really tall. It's really big. And he began to describe this robot. He began to, and all the kids were just sitting on the edge of their seats. The teacher said they were just looking at him and trying to see it. And he was just, and then one little boy, he, he, he got them so just believed and so hooked into this robot that he was describing in his hands, a little boy looked up at him and said, can I hold it? And, the, and Josiah said, yes, you can, but you have to be real careful. And so the little boy comes up there and Josiah does like this. And the little boy's doing like this because he's afraid that he doesn't really have anything, but he's afraid of dropping it if he does have something. So he does like this. He walks over to his teacher and he says, Miss Moffat. I think Josiah's lying. <laughs> and a lot of times, what we see, we we we, we don't think we have it. You know, we, we don't see it. We don't see it there, but yet we say, I have peace, I have joy. Yeah, but you, you don't look like it. I'm blessed. Yeah, but you don't really look like it you see faith is different because it gives assurance it gives substance to something you don't have or that has materialized in your life yet it gives assurance of that you see if you're saved if you're in christ guess what you have eternal life with the father you know that you have a hope you have an assurance if you're trusting in him and you've claimed jesus christ as your lord and savior you've confessed him with your mouth and you have believed in your heart that's what my bible tells me And that's what gives me the assurance is His Word. Whenever His Word says it, that means that's already declared it. That's settled it. It's over. It's done. It's my job to trust that what God says, He's going to make good on it. Amen? You see, it gives me assurance. I remember that one time my father-in-law... Whenever he was working for the gas company, he used to uh, see things in people's yards whenever he'd go work on their gas meter or whatever, or, or go do a service call. And he would occasionally ask someone, hey, do you want to sell that? Because he always liked to buy junk. And uh, <laughs> so he saw this old motorcycle. It was an old Moto Goosey frame, and it was all rusted up, and the engine was locked up. And he knocked on the lady's door after he got through working on her gas lines there, and he said, hey, you want to get rid of that motorcycle there? And she said, oh, sure. She said, uh, you can have it for 25 bucks if you'll come and pick it up. Well, he picks it up and he takes it back home and he says, Derek, I'll tell you what, if you will do the research and find out about this motorcycle and find somebody who will buy it, he said, I'll split the profits with you. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that sounds cool. You know, he said, I think it's a really rare bike, but I'm not sure because I can't tell. So I'll let you do all the work and we'll split the profit. Okay, and so anyways, sounded good to me. I was hard up for some cash anyways. And uh, so I began to do some research and found out that it was a Motoguzzi Eldorado, which is a really rare bike. It was a cop bike, and it had a, this special seat on it that all these motorcycle collectors were after. And it, it, was, it was junk, though. I mean, this thing was just absolute junk, but all the parts on it were original. So I found a guy that actually, his hobby is restoring these Motoguzzi motorcycles, and he's from California. And this guy from California, I called him, his name was Mo. I said, hey, Mo. I mean, isn't that like appropriate, right, for a motorcycle guy, Mo? I said, my name's Derek. I said, I've got this Eldorado down here. And I said, I know you restore these things. Would you be interested in it? He said, I'll send a diesel down there tomorrow. I've got a truck that does hot shot trucking. I said, he'll be down there tomorrow to pick it up. He said, I'll give you a 1000 bucks for it. And we said, $20, $25 investment. All I had to do was make like two phone calls. Sure thing, that sounds good to me. So I made 500 bucks off of two phone calls. Now he calls my father-in-law and he said, uh, uh, my father-in-law said, so you're going to come pick it up? He said, yeah. He said, and he said, I'll send a, I'll send a check already. I'll go ahead and send it out in the mail. He said, well, how do you know that I even got it? You're sending a truck. You're sending a check. How do you know I got it? He said, oh, I can tell the kind of guy that you are. <laughs> he had assurance that I had it. He didn't have any evidence that I had it. He didn't ask for pictures. He didn't care. The guy wanted this bike. He said, I don't care what it looks like. I want it. This guy was passionate about it. He trusted in the fact that my word was good. He trusted in the fact that my father-in-law's word was good. He didn't know. He could have got burned. But he said, I can tell the kind of guy you are. I have assurance based on what you've told me that it's true. You see, it's the same thing. That's how faith works with God. You trust him because you know his word's good. Can we trust God and his word? is god going to make good on his promises of course he is if it's in his word if he said it that settles it that declares it it's over it's my job to receive it and trust him and walk in it that's called faith it's that substance of things that are hoped for it gives evidence to those things that i can't see but here oftentimes you and i get messed up with the things that we don't have We get so focused on what we don't have. We get so focused on the need. We get so focused on the need that's just screaming and yelling at us and what we don't have that it becomes so big to us that we don't realize that God does want to supply our needs, that he does want to take care of us, that he does want to love us, that he does want us to walk in his peace in his joy and his forgiveness in his freedom in his blessing. We don't realize that because the need is screaming so loud. We worry about lack and we fear... That not having enough, or or we fear someone having more than us. I I mean, nobody here, though. I mean, that's uh, one of those other churches, you know. Uh, We don't, uh, but that's what we do. We worry about the things that we do have, or we worry about somebody having more than us. We get so concerned, listen to me, we get so concerned with the reality of our lack that we don't trust God. Uh, It becomes such a reality to us what we don't have. We lose hope because we continually remind ourselves of what isn't or what ain't we continually remind ourselves of what we don't have we constantly are looking at what we don't have and it becomes so big and so real to us that we can't see any other thing happening we can't see any other thing any other way out any other solution and we just get very discouraged but here's the thing that you need to realize about our need and our lack are you listening thing you need to realize about our need and our lack is that no matter how much need there is or how much lack there is, God is not motivated by our lack. It doesn't move his hand. That's uncomfortable. God isn't motivated by our need and our lack. What, what, how can you say that? How could God be a God who loves and not be motivated by our need and lack, then, then why are, are there people that are homeless? Why are there people that get hit with tsunamis? Why are there people that are dealing with earthquakes and all kinds of terrible things in this earth? There's stuff going on in this earth, folks. Let me tell you, God would be a terrible, terrible God to let all of these things go on if we didn't understand that it's not about our need and our lack. It's about our trust and our faith in Him. Amen? See, God is not motivated by our need or lack he doesn't you can't get him to feel sorry for you that's what a lot of times we do we play the sympathy card with god and we want god to feel sorry for us because we're struggling or because we're going through something and and the whole time his mercy and his grace is totally big enough but what moves the hand in the heart of god is faith and trust in him on what he's already said And a lot of times he's already said it and you know it and he's wanting to help you to become free, but you won't submit to what he's already told you to do. And so therefore by your own choice, you remain in lack and you remain just completely frustrated and confused and angry because you won't forgive that person or you won't let that situation go or you won't begin to step up and take responsibility for certain things in your life. And you're like, why isn't God blessing me? What God must not love me. No, of course he loves you. He just wants you to have faith and trust in him that if he said it, then it's my job to believe it and make sure my life is lined up with it. Amen? Amen. You guys are really quiet today. You guys are like, I'm not sure about that. (laughs) Let me tell you, it's his word that he wants us to have trust in and faith in. He wants us to believe that if he said it, that that's good enough. You remember a couple weeks ago when I talked about the, the fig tree? If you were here for that message, talked about the fig tree that whenever Jesus said he, he was looking for something to eat and he said, oh, that fig tree, he said, there, nobody's going to eat fruit from you again. And then the next day, the disciples come back and it's dried up and the disciples are freaking out. Like, what? And he's like, if I said it, guys, <laughs> that's the end of it. It's not a might, maybe thing. It's going to happen. That's what I've declared. It's my word. That's how strong, that's how powerful my word is. Whenever God speaks, things are creative. Things are changed. Things are moved. You know that? When God speaks, and God has already spoken, and he's given us his word. He's given us his word to trust in. And he said, if you just have faith in me now, faith is the evidence. It's already done. I've already said it. I've already done it. And all you've got to do is trust in my word because it's good enough. It's good enough. My word is good enough. You can have assurance in me. Now, now, I know that's a hard truth to swallow. But let me show you something. God does care because in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7, here's the, here's the great thing about God. First Peter 5 and verse 7 tells you to cast all your care upon him because he cares for you. Cast all of your care upon him. But, but, you know, we like to take this scripture, and we like to say this part. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Yeah, God does care for me, but what else does he say? Let's back up one there. In verse 6, he says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and he may exalt you in due time. You, you see, we, we, we do these dot, dot, dot scriptures. And we leave out this other part. If you back up just one more verse, he says, humble yourselves, therefore, and then cast all your cares. I'm going to take care of you, but you've got to humble yourself. You've got to submit. You've got to trust in me. You've got to have faith in me. You've got to believe in me because I care about you. And I want you to be able to be relieved from the worry and the stress and the care. But you, you've got to give it to me and trust me that I'm big enough. You've got to trust that I'm big enough. You see, he does care for your need and he is very interested in your life. He's very interested in the areas that there are lack in your life. But he's not moved to action just because we give God a real sob story. You know that? He's not moved to action the way that faith moves him now God is a God of mercy and he's a God of love And yes, there are times whenever there are situations that God just comes and rescues us out of those situations But let me tell you the more you grow and the more you learn to trust him The more faith that you have as you build in your relationship with him The more understanding you have of who he is the more you learn to trust him The more you need to walk on your own two feet and say no I know this storm is facing me right now. I know this is a difficult circumstance But God said, amen? I can walk through this because God said. I can have faith to trust Him because God said. I've seen Him do it before, and He's going to do it again. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I'm holding His hand, and I'm trusting Him. And that gives me hope of a better tomorrow. It gives me a hope of a better today. It gives me hope for my children. It gives me hope for my finances. It gives me hope for my marriage. It gives me hope to be able to trust in Him that God is not through with me. I'm still here. I'm still breathing. He's still got something for me me. There's hope. It's just my job to trust that he's going to do what he said he's going to do. It's just my job to trust that he's going to do what he said he's going to do. But how many times, how many times do we still get caught in this whining trap? How many times have we just asked, why me, Lord? Why me? How many times? Why me, Lord? And ask the good Lord to guide his hand in his important wow. good works. Amen. 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 Oh, why me? Oh, dear Lord, why me? George, George. Why me, Lord? Why me, Lord? Lord, Lord dear Lord, Lord, yeah. Lord why yeah. me? Bless
1: the Lord. Oh, Lord. Why?
0: Oh, oh no! Come No! no! To join right there with that, going, Why me, God? Why me? How many of you ever wanted to be over there with Queen latifah hitting the symbol? Why, 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 why? And that's how sometimes we feel. That's sometimes how we feel whenever we go, God, why? Why are why does it seem like everything is falling apart? Why does it seem like you've abandoned me? Why does it seem like everybody else is blessed except for me? Why does it seem like that all of my friends and all of these other Christians are doing well and all of a sudden I'm struggling? Anybody ever said why like that? Why? Why me, Lord? Why me? And, and we feel like we're the only ones, and we feel like that all of this pressure and all this stress that we're going through, nobody understands, and we're the only ones, and why? Why me, God? Why is this situation happening? Why am I being treated this way? Why can I not get ahead? Why does it always feel like I'm always struggling? Why me, Lord? You, you've got to understand something. That God is motivated and moved to change our situation, to see mountains move, to see your situation completely change, not because we say why, but because His Word said that He wants you free. His Word said, That he wants you healed. His word said that you are forgiven. Because his word says that he is the peace that passes your understanding. Because his word said that he's never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. Because his word said because of the word of God. And when I choose to have faith in him and trust in him, that's what moves God. I'm telling you folks, that is what moves God because he's a rewarder. Somebody say he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him he rewards those that diligently seek him in psalm 138 and verse 2 says i will worship i will worship towards your holy temple i will praise your name and your loving kindness and your word for you have magnified your word above what all your name you have magnified your word above all your name. In other words, your word is what I can trust in. Your word is magnified even all above your name. That means that I, I, I can put my assurance, my trust, my hope in the fact that if God said it, I can have hope in it. It can restore my hope that it's not over, that it's not the end. And I can have faith to trust in him. Not just always looking at my need, not just always looking at the circumstance, not just always looking at the thing that's yelling and screaming right in front of me. That's not going to give me any hope. Dr. Fields not going to give me any hope. Oprah's not going to give me any hope. Jerry Springer's not going to give me any hope. <laughs> Who is going to give me hope? God. And his word, because he honors his word. He puts his word, the Bible says, even above his name. His word, he said, he honors his word, even above all of his name. He said his word is the ultimate authority. His word has already declared it. And that's where my faith comes from. Because Romans 10 and 17 says that faith comes by hearing. And hearing by What? the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and faith moves the hand of God. You see, sometimes the reality of your circumstance is so intimidating that you feel hopeless and there's so much need in your life that it doesn't seem like that there's any hope at all. And it would be easier to just give up. It would be easier just to give in when we look at what we can do in our power and our authority. I can't do this. I can't change this. I can't. I don't. I, I can't do anything in this situation. So we just. I I can't do anything, and we quit. We quit trusting. We quit believing. We quit having that faith in God that what He said He'll do, He'll do. You see, if God doesn't move, then we feel like He's given up. We feel like He's left us. If He doesn't move right when we want Him to move and do right what we want Him to do when we want Him to do it. You know, we can't order God around, but we can trust Him. We can't order God around, and we can't tell Him what to do. But if we learn what He already said He will do, and we trust Him, then we can be assured that He'll do it. It's that simple. I'll send you a motorcycle. Okay, Mo, come and get it. I trust you. Your word is good. I I just know your word is good. How many of you know that God's word is good? How many of you, let let, let me keep your hands up. How many of you has God ever blessed? How many of you has God ever delivered out of a dark situation that you thought was just, there was no way out of it? Raise it high. Come on. If your hand's not up, I want you to look around at all these other hands. If he hasn't done anything that you can think of in your life, look at all of these hands because God can and he will do it for you. Amen? Amen. I didn't say you could put your hands back down. No, that's, you can't i just wonder how long you guys make sure your hands was up you see a lot of times well god hadn't done anything for me yeah do you think that god loves these people that had their hands up more than he loves you i don't think so folks you saw all these hands up god has done things in our lives whether you've experienced it or not let, let me tell you he's already done something in your life you just may not be aware of when he was there and what he did hello somebody Because there's a lot of times that he's done things that you didn't even know he was there because he's so big and bad all by himself. He can just do something in your life and you might not even recognize it because you were so focused on yourself. And then God done saved you. He done changed you. He's done moved a situation or moved on the heart of somebody or moved some circumstance to benefit you in your favor. You didn't even recognize it was God. Let me tell you, he's there and he's moving. And he's still in the healing business. He's still in the saving business. He's still in the freedom business. He's still in the peace business. He's still in the blessing business. Let me tell you, God is not done with you. God is not through with you. God is not through with his church. He is not through with those that follow him, that want to give their hearts to him and say, Yes, God, I'll trust you above the circumstance. Yes, God, I'll trust you above the storm. Yes, God, I'll trust you no matter what everybody else is telling me. Because I know in your word... You have declared and said it, so therefore that's good enough for me. That's good enough for me. You ever had somebody that borrowed money from you and you knew they would pay you back? You ever had anybody borrow money from you and you knew they wouldn't? (laughs) If they come back to you to borrow some more money, who are you going to give the money to the second time around? Can I have $100? Well, last time, Or you're going to give it to the person. Yeah, I I know they're good. They'll pay me back in a week or two. I know they will. No problem. And you have no problem doing those things. Why? Because you've built trust. And that relationship with God that I was talking about earlier, it's where trust comes from. It comes from a relationship. It comes from getting to know someone. It comes from getting to know what they're all about, what they've said, what their character is, and trusting in them. You see, you've got to understand the word of God is the trump card for everything that the devil wants to send your way. It is the word of God is it's the trump card. If you've ever played the game of spades before anybody ever in here ever played spades before I'm terrible at it. Don't ever pick me as your partner. There's one person in here that would say amen to that. But anyway, what? I didn't mean you. I meant someone else oh man that was cold got a little chilly in here uh in the game of spades if you haven't played it uh, any any spade if if you're playing a a suit doesn't matter if you have the the king it doesn't matter what's going on if you throw out a card and somebody throws out a spade that spade is that trump card over all the other cards That, that that spade is the trump and you've got to understand that's how the word of god works the devil may throw out something that may be, look big and bad. Oh, he threw out a king. He threw out something that looks big, something that looks bad. And you could have the two of spades and you could still win that one particular hand. Just because of that. It doesn't look like it's much. Uh, it, you know, sometimes you get a little scripture, you get a little word for the day, or you get a preacher preaching you a message like this or something like that. And, and, and you it don't seem like much in comparison to what you're going through. But let me tell you, the word of God is the trump card. It doesn't matter how big and bad the devil makes the situation look. The word of God is the trump. You understanding that today? And that's why it's so important for you and I to have faith and trust and confidence that he's going to do what he said he was going to do. Amen? Matthew 17 and 20 uh, here, Jesus said, because you have little faith, I tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move because nothing's going to be impossible for you. That's what Jesus said to his disciples. He said, listen, you've got little faith, guys. Oh man, he's telling them, guys, you've got some little faith, but to move your situation, to have hope. It doesn't take much. All it takes is trust in me. All it takes is faith that, that's equal to the, the size of this small grain of this mustard seed. You've got little faith. So, so you're, you're, you're on your way there. You're almost a mustard seed faith. You've got it. You've just got to trust. All it takes is a little trust. All it takes is a little hope. All it takes is you not giving up. All it takes is you not saying, oh, well, God doesn't love me. God doesn't care about me. God doesn't want to do anything in my life. And all it takes is a little faith. In what he said. In what he's already declared that he will do. You see, the word's got to become our reality if we ever want to walk in real victory. The word has got to become our reality if we ever want to walk in real victory. Amen. Amen. The word has got to become our reality because here's the deal. The devil wants that negative situation or that fear or whatever it is that's gripping your life, that, that doubt. He, he's wanting that to be so big and so real to you that you can't see past it. It's just a bunch of smoke and it's fogging your vision and you can't see any way out of it. You're, you feel lost, you feel hopeless. You feel like, oh, well, you know, maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't, I don't know. But God said that if you have faith size of a grain of a mustard seed if you just have a little bit of trust and hope that I said I'm going to do what I'm going to do then let me tell you something if if you say this is going to happen if I've declared it in my word and you agree with that and you have faith and you trust in me then he said it's going to happen you've just got to trust that I'm not finished with you if we're ever going to walk in victory here's the thing that you've got to get and I've got to get and we've all got to walk out of here with today that it is faith in God's established word that moves him to action. Now, all it takes is trust in what God already said and our obedience and our submission to him. Because he really is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. In Hebrews 11, show you another scripture there. Hebrews 11 and verse 6 says this Without faith, it is what? impossible to please him because the one that comes to god first they've got to believe that god is that he that he exists that he is what he says he is that he's going to do what he says he's going to do and they've also got to believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him he said without faith it's not even possible to please god without trusting him it's not impossible to please him you said, we, we can't really trust in God, you know, because my circumstance, my, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to trust in God, but, you know, I don't know if I really can. My Bible tells me that it's impossible to please God without faith. Why is that? Because faith is built on hope and trust that what God said is what he's all about and what he's going to do. And if you don't have trust, then how can you really say that You love someone How can you really say you have a relationship with someone because you know what love really is? It's trust real love is trust you know, whenever I Go to the office and my wife may be at the house or she may go to walmart or something I don't have to worry about what she's gonna do while she's out I don't have to be scared whether or not she's going to come back home. I don't have to worry about those things. Why? Because I trust her. I trust her because I love her, because I have a relationship with her. I know she loves me. I don't have to worry when I see her talking to another man that all of a sudden, why is she talking to that guy? If, that's the, if that was the case, I would be karateing a lot of people in this place, and you don't want me to unleash. <laughs> that was not a joke. But anyways, I don't have to worry about what she's doing if she's talking to another guy or something. I don't have to get all freaked out and all worried because she trusts me and I trust her. That's the foundation of our relationship is the fact that we trust one another. How can I say, listen, why is it impossible to please God without faith? Because for you to have faith in God, you've got to trust him. How can you trust him if you don't know him? How can you trust him if, if you're, you're, you're living your life like, well, I, like he doesn't even really exist or like what he says isn't true? How can I say I love God if I can't trust that he's going to make good on what he said he was going to? His word is forever settled, folks. It's true. That's the most important thing that you and I can do here together, is to share what's in His Word and for us to understand His Word and grow closer to Him. His Word is the ultimate. Are you getting that? It's all about what He has already said. It's faith in God's established Word. It's trusting in Him. So I want to ask you this question. As I'm wrapping things up this morning, I I just want to ask you, Where are you seeking answers and solutions from in your life? Who are you looking to? What source are you looking to for answers and solutions to the problem? Where are you going for peace? What do you run to for peace? What do you run to for solution? You know, a lot of times we really aren't seeking a solution. We're just seeking something to make us feel better. That's why we get all jacked up with stuff we shouldn't, we get all messed up and addicted and hooked up to stuff that God never wanted us to. We get addicted to substance abuse. We get addicted to the computer. We get addicted to the television. We get addicted to food. We get addicted to anything that brings us this sense of temporary relief. We get addicted to spending money. We get addicted to just running away from our problem never facing it we're so, because we're not really looking for a solution we're just looking for a way out let me tell you something today folks Jesus Christ is the only way and faith and trust in him is the only way for you to experience real victory and real freedom and for you to experience that what does that take Pastor Derek does it take me coming to church enough does it take me uh, uh, being a good enough person and, and, and walking just right and holding my mouth just right and wearing the right clothes and, and saying all the right things and just being just... No, no, no. It, it just takes you trusting Him and His Word. It just takes you trusting Him and His Word that what He said He's going to do, He's going to do. And you declaring that, sometimes you need to hear yourself speak the Word of God. The Bible says, whoever says to this mountain, who says what? Anything? No, who says what God told you to say? What did God tell you to say to that mountain? What did he already say in his word? What has he already established in his word? He said that I am an overcomer. That greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. He's already said in his word that there's no weapon formed against me that's going to prosper. He's already said to me in his word that I'm supposed to have that mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. He's already said to me that he's never seen the righteous forsaken. He's said to me in his word, and that's what I can trust in. That's what I can have hope in. If you're in his place today and you don't feel saved, you don't feel like God loves you, you don't feel like he cares about you, I want you to write something down this morning. I want you to write down right now. If you've been struggling, I want you to write down Romans 10. And I want you to write down verse 9 through verse 10. Here's the thing. If the devil ever wants to convince you that you're not saved and that God doesn't love you and that somehow he's rejected you and doesn't love you anymore, I want you to remind yourself of what Romans 10 and 9 says. It says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. Because verse 10 says this, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So it takes me doing two things, believing in my heart, confessing with my mouth. How do you know that works? Because I have faith in God. Because faith is the evidence of things hoped for. It's the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things that aren't seen. That's that's how I know. I know because of all these hands in here today that said, God has changed my life or done something in my life. I know that because you can see it in my heart, you can see it in my eyes, you can see it in my life the goodness and the mercy and the grace of God. We're walking testimonies of His goodness, we're walking testimonies of His grace, His forgiveness, His love. Every one of us. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done. And if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart, that's what it takes. Not 150 times, not 250 times. No, he said, one time, if you do this and you trust in me, you believe this. And you submit to me, you walk in my ways. You you trust in me, what I said. That's what it takes, is us trusting in him. So you might not feel like you're saved today. And the devil may want you to feel like Somehow, you're not good enough as someone sitting next to you or someone who may be a little bit more expressive than you and you feel intimidated by that. Don't be. Don't be. You need to learn to accept the mercy and the grace and the forgiveness of God by faith. And not just hang out there, but grow from there. Amen? So I want you to bow your heads with me for just a minute. You may be in here saying, I, I, I don't know that I've ever really believed in my heart and confessed with my mouth this morning. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know that if I did it. I want to make sure today. And I want today to be that definitive moment that I know that I know that I know that I made Jesus the Lord of my life. Or maybe you have said a prayer before, but you weren't really in a place where you meant it. Or maybe you did mean it at one time and you say, you know what? I just want to reaffirm my confession of my faith today. I just want to declare today that Jesus is my Lord. Nobody's looking around. We're not embarrassing anybody. I just want to simply know that you're here if you just raise your hand and put it back down. I see those hands. You can put them back down. After you put it up, I see that hand. I see your hands. You can put them down. Would you say this prayer with me, church? Let's all say it together. Say, Jesus, you're my Lord. You're my Savior. I trust in you. I believe in my heart. I confess with my mouth that you're my Lord. I submit my life to you, and I trust that what you said is good enough to save someone like me. Forgive me of my sins, and make me new. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer today, I would love to know.